This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. As we gear up for the 2024 election cycle, we're going to be bringing you a number of ways that you can get involved. And this week, we're going to talk with our friend Jody Ryan. She is Indivisible Senior Manager of Truth Brigade, a group of volunteers who work to fight disinformation and shape narratives online. And they're going to be hosting their final call of the year on December 13th to celebrate community and to talk about their new Disinfo Busters campaign. Hey, Jody, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So I just got to ask you right off the bat, what is the Disinfo Busters campaign? Oh, thank you so much for asking that because we are so excited about it. Um, so as you probably know, and your listeners may know or not, um, what the Truth Brigade volunteers do is they share messages that counter disinformation online and offline. But tip- and we'll talk more about that later, of course, but typically those messages relate to specific things that are happening in the world at the time. But what we realized was that uh, a couple of things. First off, the people who spread disinformation, they don't really care about what the topic is. They're just trying to divide us all the time and confuse us all the time. And the other thing is that sometimes people just want to share good advice to other people and not get all caught up in things that cause arguments and cause division, um, even you know, within the people that they know well. So what we did was we came up with a series of somewhat generic but still powerful one-sentence bits of advice and tips on how to spot disinformation or how to fight disinformation or how to stay positive in this really ugly, swampy world out there. And we're providing one-sentence tips along with the cutest graphics that people can share at any time And they can do it online, but they can also share them if they happen to write newsletters and they want to have a disinfo buster corner. They can pull one of them and pop them in their newsletter. Um, They can do whatever they want with them. So this is going to be going on, kicking off now at the end of the year and then throughout, you know, next year, too. I love this so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wonderful and it's very user friendly. And, you know, for people who may be a little more time limited, it's a way for them to get involved. Uh, so Truth Brigade has been in operation since 2020. Um, right. It's a relatively short period of time, but you've had quite an impact. Share some of your metrics uh, with us about you uh, know, yeah. the things that you've uh, accomplished so far. Sure. So Truth Brigade started in 2020, as you said, um, which seems like yesterday, but actually we it's going to be 2024 coming up. And, you know, as far as general movements and innovations, it's new, but it's lasted a pretty long time because a lot of things kind of fade out. But people are just as passionate as ever about fighting disinformation. And um, even with, you know, the sort of implosion of Twitter slash X, we're still, we're, one metric is we are now up to 570 million impressions on X. And that's the reason we can say that is we used to be able to measure all the impressions on X, although our abilities, the transparency there is getting less. And we also know that people posting counter disinformation content is almost as much on Facebook, on Instagram and other platforms. So it's a huge impact. And, um, more than, well, we're closing in on 7,000 people who have joined the Truth Brigade that is opt-in through our join form, which all of your listeners can do. And we've trained um, somewhere between, I 
it, it's a little bit hard to measure because we've directly trained at least um, 3,500 or 4,000 people. And then um, our indivisible groups and other groups are also hosting local trainings. So we've trained thousands of people. You're doing and, just incredible work, Jody. Well, and you know, you, you. you mentioned the opaqueness of X and their mm-hmm. unwillingness to share data. I want to get into that with you in just a second. But I'll just say, you know, awareness of dif- disinformation is really increasing everywhere. I, I think that uh, League of Women Voters is going to be working on this in the upcoming year. And social media is constantly evolving. And, and so that means a lot of what you do is iterative. So I want to ask you about some of your current tactics and strategies and kind of how they've evolved. Some of the things that you're encouraging people to use to combat disinformation online. We'll start with a truth sandwich. What is a truth sandwich? Well, uh, thanks for asking that question. I'll explain in a second. I also want to make sure to say that, um, that the, strategies that we're using and the communication tactics we're using are both online and offline. So if people are not um, on social media, doesn't matter because um, our philosophy, which you'll see also as I get into the true sandwich, um, our philosophy is about relationship building and surprisingly enough, right? And it's about one-on-one conversation. So even online, we encourage people to talk with people within their own networks. And then offline, it's the same kind of thing. That's such an important point. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, because, you know, people may be wondering, we're talking about messaging in general, right? So are we talking about cookie cutter messages that people just throw out there? And the answer is absolutely not. Um, The best way you combat disinformation where we started from with the truth brigade where we are now even with iterations is through authenticity and through you know say real conversations so all that's sort of a, a lead up to the true sandwich yeah. explanation and so the true sandwich was invented or created by George Lakoff and possibly a guy named uh, Jay Rosen who were looking at inadvertent sharing of disinformation and misinformation by journalists simply because of the way journalists structured information in reporting so oftentimes you'll see an article where the first thing is the lie and then there'll be more more and more information about the lie and at the very end of the article they'll be like but that's not really true in fact we know x and so what lakoff and others said was journalists should all think about sharing information in the form of a true sandwich, which means you start with the truth, go on with the story, end with the truth, because people remember first what they hear first and last, right? So that's where Truth Brigade started, which is that the simple messages we suggest people write always start with the truth and end with the truth with a nice little meaty um, information-filled middle. So that's kind of where we started, low those four years ago. But over time, and with a lot of additional research, particularly on, um, I don't know if everybody's familiar, but with race class narrative um, dialogue advice, and with the most recent research on what really stops people from sharing disinformation, plus a lot of research in social sciences and political sciences, and also something called ethical persuasion. With all of that research kind of fed into our version called the Indivisible Truth Sandwich, which is similar to Lakeoff in that it's three parts and they're easy to remember, Um, but it's more focused on 
all of unethical persuasion. So essentially, the indivisible truth sandwich, which is designed to fight disinformation, it's not all messaging, it starts with finding common values. So you think of something, there may be some disinformation piece out there, something simple might be COVID vaccines kill you, you know, or they're dangerous to children or something like that. Well, we would say open with a truthful common value, something as simple as we all want to be healthy. So very simple, and yet it's how you can open a conversation online or offline. So first step, open with a truthful common value. And then the middle of the truth sandwich is all about encouraging people to check their sources. And that might be counterintuitive to some of your listeners because the last thing we want you to do is to argue with facts because for all human beings, facts just don't convince us, right? We it's strange, but it's true. Yeah. Isn't it true? And the more someone throws facts at you, I see it myself. You know, if there's a view that I have and I'm sort of biased to think a certain way, it'll take an awful lot of convincing to get me to think otherwise. But if someone who's talking to me respects my point of view, and then just gently encourages me to maybe take a look at a source or to check the motives of the messenger of something that is not true. And I might think about it. I might take a look and see. And then because ultimately we all convince ourselves, that's really what persuasion is all about. And then the third part of the sandwich, just it reiterates the truth and encourages people to take action. So pretty simple three sets. We call it discover, disrupt, and dream. Those are Dis the three. Discover, disrupt, dream. So common values, share common values, check sources, and then reiterate the and truth. And then do something. And yeah. then do something. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely a crucial step. And that's it. Yeah. You also emphasize the importance of building up your reputation as what you call a trusted messenger. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk about the importance of that. Oh, I'm so glad uh, that you asked that question because in this world that's increasingly siloed, as we all see, right? And by siloed, siloed, I mean people talk to their friends and in, and whether they're online or offline, we're increasingly kind of afraid to talk to people who don't seem to think the exact same way we do. And on, uh, online, the social media algorithms will point us to places where there's like-minded people. So the really the solution, as I mentioned before, is for us to talk with people that we know and for us to become people that are trusted because disrupting disinformation, the most powerful way to do that, it's not through a bot, you know, it's not through a, you know, I don't know, somebody shouting at you on Fox News or whatever. <laughs> it's by someone you trust telling you the truth when you ask for it. And so we ask all of our Truth Brigade volunteers, and anybody can be a Truth Brigade volunteer, you know, just a person who wants to you know, open up relationships and stop disinformation. We just say, you know, do your best to become a trusted messenger, meaning that you share good information often. And, you know, that's pretty much it. And you can think about for people who are listening, just think about the people you trust and why do you trust sure. them and then be that person. I suspect that this is related, but you also talk about the importance of empathy uh, in the work that you do. Can you expand on that? Yeah, um, especially now, you know, it's just so crucial when, I don't know, people are getting so de demoralized, increasingly demoralized, because I think at heart, as human beings, we want connection. We don't want to be separate from other people. And yet there's so much pushing us away from one another 
and people seem to be getting angrier all the time. And yet, I don't know, I've had a lot of personal experience with this where I, when I'm training people to, um, let's say someone's, you know, really strident and, and um, in their point of view. And when we train people to take a breath and then respond with empathy, you know, to whatever that point of view is, you know, well, let's say it's, I don't know, what are people angry about right now? <laughs> Let me take your pick. Yeah. Yeah. So climate, you know, you know, let, let's say climate. I mean, that's people are not quite so strident about that, but they're saying that wind energy plant is going to, you know, cost me so much money. And I don't know, you know, and then yelling and all that, whatever. Um, if we tell people, wait, take a breath. And I'm talking about our volunteers and the messengers yeah. and think about what you have in common and respond with empathy, not argument. It's like this collective giant sigh of relief. You know, it's like, you mean I don't have to remember a thousand facts about wind energy in order to, you know, get that person to think twice? Because that's what we're really trying to do is get people to think twice. No. And you mean I don't have to have an argument? You mean I don't have to be afraid? And the answer is no. Just be empathetic. Recognize that whoever is on the other side believes in what they're saying, too. You know, they're, it's not like, you know, they believe that they're doing the right thing. Most human belie beings believe that nobody casts themselves as the villain in their own story. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shift gears and talk about videos a little bit because you've recently been sharing information about how specifically videos on social media are used to fuel disinformation. I think we all you know, we have a sense of this, uh, but we may not know exactly what it is to, that we should be looking for. So what are some things that we should be aware of? Yeah. Isn't that a shame? Right. I mean. I don't 20, 30 years ago, it used to be that you once you, it's like you see it, you believe it. If someone's taking a video of something, somehow it gives us this extra element of credibility. Right. And we all still think that. But unfortunately, given the way videos are shared now, you just can't necessarily believe it. There's there's such a profit motive for getting views that what happens is, you know, people take it, so much of the videos you see of various wars and you know awful things they're from like five years ago or 10 years ago and the goal is just to get the clicks right but the the way what you can do what people can do is something as simple as check the source you know when you're looking at a video you can there's on i think pretty much every platform you can just click a button and see who posted it if it's someone you trust probably a better chance that it's trustworthy is somebody you've never heard of probably a better chance that it's not trustworthy and if it's someone you've never heard of double check you know double check on what they're saying in some other way you know off youtube check for another collaborating corroborating source so pretty easy to do right so check the source see who's posting the video when you look at the video take a look for telltale signs like there was one video that was purporting to show um, a flood. I can't remember where this, it's like a flood in Hawaii, maybe, but it actually looked at the street signs and they are Japanese. So, I mean, you could easily tell by that. See how strident the point of view is. Maybe look through the comments, see how biased they are. But basically, all you need to do is check the source and think twice. And I think that'll stop a lot of sharing. Check the source, think twice, look for stridency, mm -hmm. as you say, look for telltale mm -hmm. signs that a, a video might be false. 
I want to circle back to what we were talking about earlier about Twitter slash X. Um, Indivisible just announced that they are going to be launching a campaign to transition away from using X. Um, and first, I'll just ask you, what are your thoughts on Twitter slash X and, and what it's become? Well, you know, I can only talk about what I've read, right, in, in terms of the research that's been done. And um, we know there are a lot of pretty credible reports that show that there are a lot of people are migrating away from Twitter. That's a fact. And um, that the number of hateful, anti-Semitic, other um, discriminatory comments is just exploding. Uh, you know, we've heard statements from the Twitter founders or the current Twitter owners uh, about their point of view. Um, I don't think anything I have to say about that is any different from what everybody else is seeing. And I just I can say for Truth Brigade, we try to base everything we're saying on independent research. Um, but there are a lot of people who are looking to move away from Twitter or to figure out what to do, because there's still a lot of you know politicians and journalists on Twitter and so what Indivisible is launching is what I think is a really smart campaign called Twitter Last. And it's for people, if they want to move away from Twitter, um, then the suggestion is to continue to post on Twitter for a while, but explore other sites and post on Twitter last, you know, after you've explored other platforms. Um, and if you don't want to move away from Twitter, then still do that, you know, so that your message is seen more broadly. And I think it's a really wise way to go yeah. um some of the other alternative spaces that indivisible is encouraging people to check out would be threads mastodon blue sky mm -hmm. uh, i know kat you have a uh you have a, a presence on blue sky um yeah. we're working here on the the podcast to establish presences in uh, those those okay. other platforms as well and we will include mm -hmm. a link to the x last slash twitter last uh campaign yeah. be before I let you go, I do want to talk about some recent news stories that uh, I think people would really love to hear uh, your take on messaging, uh, particularly you know Truth Brigade and what their approach is to some of these stories. I want to start with the Israel-Gaza conflict. You've pointed out that there are domestic and international social media actors who are using this conflict to further their own ends, to spread Islamophobia, anti-Semitism. I think we've all seen examples of this. How should we respond when we see stuff like this? You know, you might not be surprised to know, but my answer is the same as what I've said before. You know, it, it's a particularly difficult and horrific, horrible situation and particularly difficult because it does divide people who in many cases are, you know, on many other issues are aligned. And because of that, I would just urge everyone, and this is the Truth Brigade's uh, philosophy too, before you start an argument, before you feel your stomach clench and you just feel so defensive about everything, is just, again, take a breath. If you're in a conversation, focus on what you have in common with the person. And um, this is about communication, by the way. This isn't about, you know, how to respond if you see something online. But it's the same basic thing. And then double and triple check the sources because there's such a big incentive. We are at a, a time right now that's very ripe for bad actors who want to divide people who are otherwise aligned, they are doubling down on this, right? So you're just going to see a lot of people pushing people against each other. Um, and that's exactly what disinformers want. They want us divided. They want to be able to swoop right in 
And I, I will say something I haven't said before, which is um, we we're going to talk about authoritarianism a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And disinformation, um, a lot of times when disinformation spreads, especially like right now, you know, we talk about the Middle East or other things when we're, we just are bombarded with information that is confusing and that is enraging and, um, you know, disheartening and demoralizing. What happens for two human beings in a time like this is that they start to look for an authority figure, right? It's sort of like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I, I give up. This is, I'm just one little person, right? I, I can't control it. I need somebody out there that's going to tell me what to do. And that's exactly what the people who are spreading the disinformation want, because then they want to sweep in and maybe prop somebody up as the new leader who is definitely not interested in the people, but interested in profits or power or whatever. And, and that's not to say that, you know, what's going on in the world right now that people don't have legitimate, you know, reasons to be uh, terribly upset and to be, you know, what, whatever way they're going that, that, but what we're talking about specifically is disinformation and what you do when you feel that there are lies out there and, you know, really you can't fight these, you can't start arguing again with, cause we won't get anywhere. Right. So I started this segment by talking about 2024. Uh, I wonder, what do you have planned generally uh, for next year? Well, we expect that in 2024, the fight against disinformation and misinformation is only going to increase. Uh, the need for the fight is only going to increase. And the amount of disinformation and misinformation that's out there is also going to increase. I should say, and I know you've heard me say this before, but that we all need to keep in mind that most disinformation is actually misinformation. So what that means is that like 85% of the false information that we see is accidentally spread or inadvertently spread. So I think that's just so important to keep in mind because that means we can do something about it, going back to the trusted messenger question. And then, um, what we see happening in 2024 that we have to prepare for, and we're designing our whole Truth Brigade program around, is number one, it's a year when we know people are going to be out there spreading more and more lies to gain more and more power. Because, you know, obviously it's, it's an election year and that's what happens in election years. We also see an increased and really frightening deregulation of all the social media platforms. There are various court cases going on right now um, and various legislative solutions being looked at right now. But for the most part, where we are right now is a step way back from where we were last year. And that means that you're going to see more and more lies. And the other thing that's happening, which is also frightening, not to scare everybody, but is that there are bad actors who are successfully suppressing disinformation research. Now we see money flowing into academic institutions to stop disinformation research. We see Congress um, taking steps to try to um, push back and stop, uh, whether it's through um, laws or other efforts. Some people in Congress are trying to stop fighting against disinformation. They're using the false argument of, well, it's free speech and we don't condemn free speech. So all of that is on the horizon for 2024. And 
what I can tell you without taking up the next three hours is that we are prepared for it. We're going to start off the year recruiting more and more people. So I hope everybody listening, join the Truth Brigade. We're going to give you plenty of tools to use. And then we're going to work together to amplify our messages. We're going to be giving you easier and easier ways to send messages. We're going to be leaning into offline communications and conversations and regional events. And we're going to, in the second half of the year, look a lot at what's happening in the moment, the most virulent and horrible specific lies that are being spread. And we're going to give you tools to fight back. And that's 2024. That is an awful lot. You've given us a lot to think about today, and you've certainly given us a lot to uh, get involved with uh, now and in 2024. As I mentioned, you're having your final call here on December 13th. We will have information on where people can go to sign up for that, as well as information on where they can go to be a part of Truth Brigade and ultimately everything else we talked about uh, in this segment here today. But Jody Ryan, as always, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much for everything you do. And thanks, everybody. Uh, before we go this week, uh, I just want to say uh, a couple quick words. Most of you uh, have probably noticed that I've been off for the last few weeks, and that is because my father passed away. Um, needless to say, it's been a very difficult time. But uh, w- what has really kept me going has been this extraordinary community that we have that I am just so fortunate to be a part of. I mean, all of the messages of support that everybody has sent, all of the, the these incredible acts of kindness, just large acts, small acts, the, the checking in, the, the meals, all of this mattered. And I, I just, I really honestly cannot say thank you enough for how you've all been there for me and my family. It has absolutely meant the world. And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you'd like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisiblepodcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.